welcome. My name is Peter, and I'm one of the pastors here at City Harvest. And uh, if you um, show up fairly often, it's going to be a little different today. If you're new, you're not going to know any different. And uh, But today is a great day. We have been going through 21 days of a pursuit of Jesus. And uh, many times, you know, you, you start out the new year with maybe New Year's resolutions or maybe you don't do resolutions, you do New Year's goals. How many resolution people are there? Wow. <clears throat> Amen. Uh, hopefully you guys raise your hand really big on the goals. How many, how many goals people are there? You got, got a couple of goals, okay? How many people just see it as a lifelong journey of just trying to better yourself? Oh, wow. Grace, grace on you. That's amazing. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Um, but yeah, we are on this, this uh, 21-day pursuit, and it's kind of been a gradual thing. Um, we, uh, we did some, there was elements of getting into the Word. There was elements of just even focusing on being thankful and writing uh, thank you notes to different people and of appreciation, just taking our mind off of some of the things that tend to fill our minds and focusing on the goodness of God. Because when we do that, when we slow down to really think about his goodness, there's a lot more good stuff that's actually happening in your life and in my life than we tend to think. Because we can get so distracted by a lot of the the negative things. Uh, We focused on drinking more water. Anybody drink a little more water this week? Uh, The product of that is who went to the restroom more this this month? You visited the restroom, it's kind of like, How's that even possible? But, you know, it is. Um, we cut out sugar, uh, and or at least we attempted to, and did a decent job at that. Uh, my kids are glad that we're through that phase of it. And last night, went and got some ice cream. Haven't had it yet, okay? So uh, that will come later today. But uh, it's, been a, it's been a good time just to stretch ourselves, and so... Whether you joined right in and just went for it, or whether it was something you kind of bounced in and out of, or whether it's something you just picked up right at the end, here's the deal. It's about us wanting to draw closer to Jesus, and that is the purpose of it, and that's what we're here to celebrate, and that's what we're here to to enjoy. So uh, we're actually going to start with the just kind of a a short message this morning, and then we're going to go back into singing, and uh, so hopefully you guys uh, brought your your perfect tea with a little lemon and a little honey in there to keep your vocal cords uh, moving, um, because we're going to spend time singing. Now, why do we want to sing? We want to sing because today we just want to celebrate God. We want to declare his holiness. We want to declare his goodness. We want to focus on him. And one of the best ways to do that is to lift our voices and to sing. Most of us don't go around all day singing to other people. Uh, We don't, you know, when we order our food at a restaurant, we're not singing. When we're, uh, you know, that's not our daily life. But God is worthy of us lifting up our voice. Whether you think you have a great voice or whether you think you have a terrible voice, here's the deal. He gave you that voice, and he knows what it is, and he likes it. And he loves to hear his children share their voice. My, I got six kids, as many of you know, and they have different voices. And there's not like one where I'm like, how about you just don't talk? Maybe just write me notes, because 
I really just don't like. Now, yes, as parents, there are sometimes, or as aunt and uncles or whatever, where the voice can get a little grating. Anybody ever feel like their voice? You know, and it's really not just our children whose voices get grating. We won't talk about the others in our life, but God always loves to hear your voice. He loves to hear your voice. He loves to hear us worship him and praise him. So uh, if you are in kindergarten through eighth grade, you're actually going to be in the service today um, because it is an amazing opportunity to be in the presence of God and to be able to sing. And so if you are a kid and you need to move around, I want you to know, A-OK, move around. If you need to well, I'm not going to give you any more ideas. I'll let you and your parents decide because I don't want to get, in, get you in trouble with your parents. But if you have your Bible, will you turn to Matthew chapter 6? And if you need a Bible, will you just raise your hand? The ushers have some Bibles and they'll pass it out to you. Keep your hand up until they bring it to you. We've been working on slowing down, so we're all just kind of gradually going through this. But the Bible will come. So we've been reading out of Matthew chapter 6. Verses 9 through 13, looking at the Lord's Prayer. Uh, this is something that a lot of times is if you went to, say, a private school, you had to begin the day with reciting the Lord's Prayer. Um, in many you know, churches, you recite the Lord's Prayer. But looking at it, and we actually started at the beginning of the month on the last verse, and then we've slowly worked our way to the beginning of this prayer. But can we read this together? We actually have this one up on the board, but let's, we're gonna read it out loud together. Here we go. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So this morning, we're looking at the very first verse in there. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Now, this prayer, Jesus was teaching this to his disciples. And you and I are his disciples. So he's teaching this prayer to us, and he's saying, you know, it starts out, pray like this. He's telling us this is how we should pray. Now, the idea isn't that you and I have to, at the beginning of when we pray, pray these exact words over and over. Because the words actually change depending on what translation you're reading. This is the New Living Translation that's up here. And so the words are going to be slightly different. What's important is the heart, is the different elements in this portion of scripture. And the very first, this first portion here is, um, it sets the atmosphere for how we approach God. Because if we don't get that part right, typically what we do is we're kind of exalting ourselves, and we're just asking for what we need. Now God cares about our needs. But what we start out here is acknowledging who he is. Who is he? It's the second word. Who is he? Come on. There we go. Good. Okay. He's our father. Where is he? Great. 
Word number four, where is he? He's in heaven. For him to be in heaven, we acknowledge that he is the creator of heaven and earth. If he's the creator, that means he's the alpha and omega, which means he's the beginning and the end. He was here before any of us. He will be here far after us. He's the one that shaped it. He spoke it into existence. Think how powerful that is. Think how amazing that is. And then that he's our father, but he's our king. He's our Lord. He's the most amazing thing, any of us. He's so much bigger than you and I could fathom. In the Bible, it tells us, you know, we're not supposed to make an image of God. But uh, years ago, and I've already asked for forgiveness, I, I didn't make one. I just saw one. I always thought if I had a picture, a picture of, um, I don't know if that's a double positive or a double negative if you picture a picture, but of, of who God was. And I always thought of the king out of Little Mermaid. You guys remember the king? Because, like, he was super buff, okay? But he had a gentleness in his eyes, and he had, like, long, curly hair, but uh, there's just, I forget what it, if he actually had legs or if he was also part fish. But anyways, I just saw, saw that. But here's the deal, is that he truly is beyond anything you and I can imagine. It's interesting when you read through Scripture and you read the different times where people encountered God. You know, it wasn't... Uh, anybody here ever run into somebody famous? You're at a restaurant or you're walking around and you saw someone famous. Anybody here um, ever think you ran into someone famous, but they actually weren't who you thought they were? <laughs> okay. But, you know, many times if we see someone that we think is famous, we want to get like a selfie with them. We want to ask them, you know, if it's a sports person to, to sign an autograph. Then we go around and we begin to tell everybody about it and we just tell this story. Here's the deal. If you and I were to truly encounter the presence of God and you see it throughout Scripture... There is this thing where it's not like, man, I would just stare and like, look, and I'd be like, you know, can I touch your hand and this? And, and we pray those things. What we're saying is, God, I want to know you more. I want to be closer to you. But if all of a sudden he walked in, it would be so beyond anything our minds can imagine. Not only would it appear, the appearance of it be, but we would begin to see who we are in light of who he is. We would want to hide our faces. We would be totally humbled at his glory and his majesty. But we start by praying that. Our Father, who is in heaven, may your name be kept what? Holy. What is holy? Holy is being pure, being sinless, being set apart. There's no one like him. He is holy. There's no one that even comes close to him. He is holy. He is holy. When we start our prayers, when you and I say wake up in the morning, we start by acknowledging who he is. We start by acknowledging his lordship. We start by acknowledging his majesty. And we declare his holiness. We worship him. And then we say, God, may your kingdom come. God, around me, let it come in me. Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Not just my hopes, but God, your will, even if it costs me, even if it means I have to lay things down, even if it means I have to sacrifice things for your goodness, God, let it come. Will you turn to Isaiah chapter six? It's kind of in the middle of the Bible. If you, it's to the right hand side of Psalms. Isaiah is a prophet. So during that time, there were prophets that God would use to speak to the people of Israel. And he would use them to, in many ways, bring correction, to try to get, not just to bring punishment, but to try to say, listen, you're going in the wrong direction. You're focusing on all these other things, and God wants you to focus on this. And God would use them to to call the people back to him. To say, I love you. Come on back. Come on back and fellowship with me. So this happened around 700 years prior to Jesus. And Isaiah is there. And in chapter 6, we'll start in verse 1. So the book is Isaiah. The chapter is 6. And in verse 1, it says... It was there in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. So this is a vision that he had. He was sitting on a lofty throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Anybody here ever been to a wedding? And the bride had a wedding dress that had like a a long train to it. Anybody ever seen one of those? You know, and there's people and they're moving it to make sure it looks just perfect as it stands, as she stands up there. This is the train of his robe filled the whole temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, which were angels, each having six wings. A little different, but again, it's beyond anything we could think or imagine. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. They were calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations and the entire building was filled with smoke, the presence of God. They were calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. I remember when I was younger and some of these prophecies would get be read, I thought it was weird. And it was just like, why can't we just say God's really cool, he's really big? Like, why do we have to have these angels that have all these wings? And like, why are they covering their feet? And... Like when they fly, why don't they just be super angels that fly really fast because they got three wings on each side? You know, I mean, they just three times like they're just stealth angels and they just go real quick. But, you know, in these visions. It reveals just. It shows so much of God's glory. In who he is. And I think there's something special when you and I come to a realization of how big God really is. How much bigger than you and I he is. 
how it goes beyond anything we think. And uh, so we're going to actually sing. Will you guys stand back to your feet if you're able? What I want to invite us to do is we're going to sing a song that actually goes through this portion of scripture, Isaiah chapter six, in the first couple verses. And as we sing it, what I want to, I want to challenge that you and I do is that we don't get lost on the words, but we get lost in Jesus. That we don't just try to picture an angel with all those wings, but we focus on how great, how big, how mighty God is. Our heart's desire this year is for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. We believe that that happens, yes, through prayer, but we're not just asking that it magically appears so that we can just observe it and watch it. We're asking that he helps us set ourselves apart so that it actually takes place in each one of us. And that when we leave this place every week and we go back to our homes, our neighborhoods, we go back to our schools, we go back to our workplaces, we go back to our families, that we bring who God is to those places. That when people talk to us, they don't just, I don't just see Matt. I don't just hear Matt's voice. I hear something different. There's a love. There's a grace. There's a forgiveness. It's clear that he's been with God. It's something that goes far beyond anything you and I could do out of our own strength. We can't muscle it up. We can't force it to happen. I believe God wants to call each one of us to something. Every one of us is called. There's not just a few special people that he wants to use. You say, me? Really, me? Out of all the things I've done, yes, you. Me? Really, me? Even though I mess up in all these ways, yes, you. There's a specific group of people that only you can minister to. He made you so unique, so special, that he wants to reveal his glory through you. What about your weaknesses? Ah, he loves them. Because it's there in your weaknesses that people know it's not you, it's him. But it starts by us saying, God, you are my father. I surrender myself to you today. I acknowledge your lordship. I acknowledge your kingship. God, I lay my life down before you. God, I want to give it all up and say, just take up what you asked me to do. God, I want to be set apart. Lord, may your name be kept holy. May my actions worship you. May my speech worship you. May the way I use my money worship you. May the way I spend my free time worship you. God, may everything in my life worship you.